We would like to acknowledge the Yagara people and the Turrbal people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin, the land on which we record this podcast today. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. matter like at the end of the day we're all on this earth trying to do the best and have the best life and if you let every single person's comments or reactions affect you then you're going to live a very miserable life guided by a lot of other people's emotions and reactions and that's just not a way to live like you can't be worried about what people think all the time obviously we all innately are worried about what people think of us but like you have to try and reprogram your brain to be like, you know what? It's actually nothing to do with me. It's to do with them. And that's their issue. Something that they need to work through because I'm me and I'm myself. And if they don't accept it, then they can fuck off. It's me, Zana. <laughs> Ask me questions. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Kim Jenna Podcast. I'm Zana. And I'm Jessica. And this episode is all about me. Me, 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 me. <laughs> if you can't tell, this is a episode about Zana. It yes. Actually, it is actually about It's literally Zana. called Ask Zana. Yep. Dun, dun. And it's all the questions that we have been sent in over the last year and two months yeah. of doing this podcast. <laughs> and questions that I ask her frequently, like, you know, what the hell is wrong with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just basically that's it. That's all we're going to talk about in this podcast is what the hell is wrong with me? What's wrong with Everything. <laughs> but like she does get sent in a lot of questions and, um, you know, we love it. And a lot of them revolve around her marriage story mm. and a lot about her sexuality. But there's, you know, other things we want to dive in to know about Zana. So we'll get into it. Yeah. But first of all, we're going to start with our spill the tea. <laughs> So I am living away from Zana now. We have two mm. separate homes now, which is weird because we've been under the same roof since we met. I know. It's so weird. Wild. But um, it was time that I got my own place and grew up a little bit more, to be quite fair. She flew the coop. Yep. <laughs> but I came over to Zana's today because we're obviously recording this podcast and there was a delivery at the door. Yeah. A nice little package, but it had my name on it only. Yep. And I don't, I just thought it was something that Jess got ordered because a lot of things have still been coming here um, since she moved because, I don't know, redirection's been weird. Yeah, it's been weird. And lots of stuff keeps coming here. So, and she's ordered like a literally, I reckon, about 359 things from Catch of the Day. Oh, so- I'm obsessed with Catch of the Day. <laughs> that is the best app I've ever used. Every day I get home and there's a catch mm. of the day thing for Jess there. So I just thought it was another one of those. Yeah. yeah um, cool. And then I was like, oh, maybe don't open it here. Like what if it's something that you bought like me and Judy for Christmas? Or like, I don't know. It's something. I know. That anyway. is the first thing you said. You're like, is it something you've bought? Yeah, Judy I was like, did you accidentally do it? But I literally bought your present for Christmas today. So yeah. I was like, there's, like not possible. there's no way. And it was like, it was a packaging that was like handwritten as well, but catch mm. the day is always like in a box. So yeah. I was kind of like, okay, it's definitely not that. But I did pause for a bit because I was like, wait, did I order a present? Like, why would I order it here yeah. if I didn't want Zana to see it? Yeah. And, and then, I was conflicted. And then, like, you kind of started opening it and then you, like, opened it. I had a paper bag and you kind of opened it from the middle of the paper bag so that we couldn't see. Uh, but then as you are opening it, this thing fell at the side. And I was like, yeah. yes. a, a little tiny box fell to the side. And then we all stared at it. Judy was here too. I was like, Jess, what? Have, I, I see what that is. Yeah, and we all stared <laughs> at it and it was a fucking black butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked at it and I thought to myself, Oh, I don't remember ordering any black butt plugs, but I did have a thought to myself recently that I wanted to do an order 
and I wanted to buy a butt plug, which is yeah. And we thought maybe you accidentally bought on Black because like Black Friday sales. You didn't remember. Yeah, but I accidentally bought one right, and it was humongous. Mm. <laughs> so this yeah. is why I was in my head. I was like, I really should have started with a real small one. But when you buy things online, you don't know the size of it. Mm. So yes. it, it fell out, and I thought to myself, oh. So I did order one, but then I don't remember doing it. And yeah. then they looked at me and they're like, Jesus, Jess, like how much is in that fucking, because it was a big, big, yeah, container. A big bag yeah. of like toys. So then I was like, wait a minute. And then as we kept kind of opening, there was like dildos yeah, and lube. lubrication and all this and more butt plugs. And we we're just like, wait, what's going on? And it was, <laughs> Are we being pranked? <laughs> it was Joyful Women had sent us like a little like thank you for like doing the podcast with them. It was about six months ago that we did the podcast. So yeah. Like, what? Totally took us by surprise. but. How funny is that? I mean, a butt plug always takes people by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we have like so many like dildos all around us right now. There's a the table. They've got these cute little animal faces on it. I was eating seaweed crackers with Philadelphia at the time. Like we were having a chill moment and all of a sudden there's dildos flying everywhere. <laughs> butt plugs It everywhere. was interesting. So yeah, that's um, But Merry Christmas to us. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking excited. Honestly, I've already sent... I've sent the message out to people. I'm like, look what I've got. I've got some toys. Like, who's down to use them? Yeah, much. we had no idea what else Bill the was going to be today, but that is it because uh, these things happen. Actually, yeah, things always happen to us. It's, it's very butt-like day as well. There's mm. been a lot of butt talk today, which has been really funny. Yeah. On our audio, like on our roadcaster singy, I, I'm really bad at these technical terms. The thingy that, yeah, yeah, the thingy that we record our podcast on has some, what is it called? Big Bottom? Yes. And it's Big got bottom. this little feature on it and you have to like, you're listening to the audio and there's one called Big Bottom. And yeah, we, I, don't know, we don't know what it does, but it's hilarious. But we nearly had to turn off Big Bottom because we thought we we're getting some weird like noises through the. I wish all of them had fun names. I know. Big Bottom's like, the best. Like Big Titties. <laughs> like that'd be great. And then we we're talking before and then I was like, stop being so anal. And I was like, wow, it's been <laughs> such a, like such an ass focused day. I mean, it's. It's hump day. We're recording and this today on hump day. day. But it's definitely ass hump day mm, for sure. Yeah. So funny. Wow. Crazy. We actually have a listener spill the tea to read out as well, which is actually hilarious. Oh, and I, I don't, don't know if you've read this one. You haven't? No, I don't think you've. They sent it through me. on Keep You Up, but I, you obviously maybe you didn't read the message. Oh. Um, so someone sent this in and they said, I was on a date and got a bit of a creepy vibe. So I went to the bathroom to message my brother and let him know where I was. In brackets, for safety, of course. In the text, I also wrote, I think I'm going to say I feel sick and leave. When I went back to the table, the guy said to me, are you feeling sick? And my my brain started reeling. I said, yeah, I am actually. I'm going to go home. And then he showed me his phone and said I'd sent the message to him instead of my brother. I got super awkward and said, I'm so sorry, but thank you for the drink. Do you want a hug? He just shook his head and hot-tailed out of there. But that wasn't the end. The guy must have must have proceeded to stay at the bar and get drunk as when I woke up in the morning, I had a raft of messages from him apologizing and begging for me to give him another chance. Oh, do you know that could have gone so much worse though, to be fair. But you, she, text, you texted him what, that I you mean, wanted to leave. I know, but imagine if she was like, oh my God, this guy's fucking so creepy. weird. Like, I mean, imagine if she said all that, like, yeah. oh, he's so fucking creepy. Like I hate his vibes. Like yeah. sorry, not digging this vibe. Like, that would have been worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing happened this week with me with accidentally sending the wrong text. I sent the wrong text to my mum and it was meant for Judy, oh, but God. luckily it was a PG. Like it was PG text. I think it was like, are you coming? Are you, do you want me to come to the shops or something? It was something very PG, but it could oh. have been very bad. It could have been, it been bad. So bad. I was like, sorry, Especially, that's for Judy. You want big commies? <laughs> that okay it's on your fucking fridge yeah it is because everybody deserves big cummies okay <laughs> judy and sana 
have this little thing that they do and they said, do you want big gummies tonight? And then they've got it on their fridge and it says like, what do I want? It was like a wife and then it said something else like actually food related and then it was like big gummies. Yeah. Big gummies always top of the list. I mean, everyone wants it really. It's like top of the shopping list. It's definitely a top priority in my life. That's for sure. (laughs) And now we have 17 different toys to try to get more big gummies. Big gummies for Jess as well. (laughs) So bad. Oh God, I love it. I had to it. bring it up. I, had to. I love I'm it. So sorry. That was very good. Okay, so <clears throat> now I'm going to be interviewing Zana, which yeah, is so it's weird. So weird. We haven't actually done an episode with just us for ages. I yes. don't even remember the last episode. No. Just and us. quick update before we get into this podcast: you're obviously going to be watching or looking on Spotify and YouTube, and you'll find that our faces aren't there anymore. So we're just having mm. a little bit of change of scenery. Um, we're going to take back the video just for a little bit um, and get back to you know the nitty gritty, the root of why we podcast in the first place. We're right now like chilling on a couch, and oh, it's, it's great. It's just great. So we're just going to you know step back from the audio, the video for a little while. But if you haven't seen the last of our faces. We'll nah. still be sharing these filleties and hilarious reels and videos on uh, Instagram. So stay tuned for that. But yes, just our beautiful voices today. Sorry yes. about that. And we will be like recording like special podcasts with yes. videos, like ones that like are really good. Yeah. But do add us on Instagram um, and TikTok. So keep your gin up podcast because we're creating some really fun content when it comes mm. with spill the teas and stuff like that. We're going to like recap some stories. Oh, yeah. So that'll be coming in the next, you know, couple It'll of weeks. Coming. It'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> and so will we. Yes, we sure will. Actually, today in the office, I literally was saying yeah. that I crumb all over the floor. Yeah, like, who says that? Who what? says I crumb all over the floor? I think you said I come all over the floor. And I was like, Jesus Christ, we're in the workplace, oh. Jessica. So I said, because like, I feel so bad for whoever cleans the office because I seem to like just get yeah, crumb everywhere. <laughs> That's what I said. So from her lunch. I said it and then Zana just looked at me like a death stare. And I was like, what? She's like, did she just say come? And I was like, no. She's like, we're in an office environment right now. And I was like, I did not say that. I fucking said crumb. Oh, God. You know how I speak. This is how I speak. Yeah. I crumb all over this joint. Well, she didn't come on the floor, everyone. No, just crumbed. Just crumbed. <laughs> I know boundaries, guys. Oh, boundaries. Okay. Okay, so I'm interviewing Zana. Yes, hi. And <laughs> I know everything there is to know about Zana, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm still learning I mean, things, who knows? of course. You figure something out on this podcast. You're definitely still learning a lot about me. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Every damn day. Um, I think we want to start with where'd you come from? <laughs> where'd you come from? Got an idol. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously we're in Brisbane now and mm. people know that we kind of met as travel nurses on the road. Yeah. We met in a jail. Everyone knows that funny ass story. Mm. Um, but where were you before that? Where'd you grow up? Well, I, I, this is time for the birds and the bees chat, everyone. Um, <laughs> I was born. The, the I was born actually... Sorry about that. In New Zealand, um, which a lot of people probably don't listen that listen don't actually know about me. So I was born in Auckland, in New Zealand. Both of my parents are Kiwi. Actually, all well, my family's Kiwi. I have no Australian heritage at all. Um, but when I, when I was eight, my family moved to Australia. Um, and just, I guess, for work reasons, more opportunities here. So we moved here. Um, I grew up in the North Shore of Sydney. Um, and yeah, just, I guess, lived in the North Shore of Sydney until I was... I think in my mid twenties, and that's when I moved to like the eastern suburbs. I lived in Kensington, and then lived in Maroubra with my ex. Um, and yeah, just grew pretty much grew up all in the North Shore. Went to school there. Um, we changed houses a lot because my parents love moving house. They're crazy for moving houses. I think I had lived in like thirteen houses by the time I was thirteen, or something ridiculous. Oh damn, there's a lot of times. And then I think the longest period we ever stayed in a house was when I lived in the North Shore, and I think we stayed there for like five or six years, and that's the longest period we've ever stayed in one house for. Wow. 
Wow. Which is absolutely wild when a lot of people, you know, live in their house and grow up in their house. Their parents still live in the house. Their grandparents still live in the house, you know. Yeah. It's like a, this thing people never leave their houses. But no, not us. Apparently we like to move around a lot. Fresh out all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went to high school in North Shore. I started off, um, I went to a lot of schools as well. Mm. So I started off in a public school as a, like in primary school and I was there from year three to year six. Um, and then I started a girls high school, um, which was just a private girls high school, which yeah, wasn't necessarily the best experience. A girls high school isn't really the, you know, nicest place to be a lot of the time. It's quite bitchy. A lot of bitchiness, a lot yeah. of bitchiness. And it's just uh, just not something that I was interested in. So then my parents decided that they put me into a public school. So I moved from a private school to the school that I was actually across the road from my house. Yeah. And it was actually a creative arts high school. So at that time they were trying to like, you know, make it more of an art school, um, people that obviously were there quite were quite artsy and things like that. It's no longer a creative arts school. I think they took away that um, part of it. That was a boy and girl school? Yes, that was a co-ed high school. And I think I was there for two years. And then I think my parents got a little freaked out because I'd come home and tell my parents that a lot of the kids would go into the bushes and smoke weed on the in their lunch breaks mm-hmm. and their morning tea breaks. Because it was, you know, a creative arts school. Everyone was a little bit yeah, hippie. Like- everyone was a little bit Ogan. You know, everyone was going into the bush and smoking doobies. So my parents were like, maybe this isn't the good the best option either for our you know 16 year old child or 15 year old child it's not very it's not a bit impressionable going there so then like oh do you want to go to this other high school which the high school was a private boys school actually and they take girls in year 10 and there's a it's co-ed from year 10 11 and 12 um so it's a boys school before that so from kindy to year 10 is all boys it's a very weird it was a very weird experience uh definitely also wouldn't recommend that um i wasn't really like you know when people say like they're not a school, they're not they weren't really a school kid. They just like wagged and didn't really like school. I was the opposite. I was like I was a school like I was very into school. I loved learning. I loved like being in school, but I wasn't the social side. So I was like much more focused on work and studying and doing the right thing in school and wasn't as social. So I remember a lot of times, especially because I was growing up in the North Shore in these private schools, people just didn't really fit. Like we didn't really fit together. I didn't really fit with people there. Like their lives were very different to mine. Majority of their mums didn't work. Majority of their dads were the ones that worked. Majority of their dads were never there. Very Because obviously worked well. worked so much, obviously so wealthy because their parents, their yeah. mums don't work, you know. Um, and it was just opposite for me because my parents both worked. They both worked very hard. They both worked nine to five jobs. So I'd be going to after school care before school care. I'd have to go to school early, you know, those things. So I just lived a very different life and kind of didn't really fit in with a lot of the kids there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of time in high school that like I actually just sat alone for lunch, which is really horrible to reflect on and look back on but also school's shit for everyone like school's just a shit time and you know it is what it is um but yeah I was really focused on school I did super well in school that was really the highlight of school years for me I was like a very stewardess stewardess don't ask me you know how bad my English is (laughs) whatever that word is and um yeah then I graduated from there uh, obviously still in the North Shore. Then I went to uni and I did a Bachelor of Medical Science was my first degree, but That's I right. specialized in forensic science. So I started in basically a Bachelor of Forensic Science and then I really wanted to be a forensic forensic pathologist. That was my dream. So basically mm. the people who do the autopsies. Yuck. I was obsessed with bodies. I was obsessed with crime shows, crime documentaries. I thought it would be so cool to figure out why people died. Um <laughs> But then it found out that there's like seven jobs for like a forensic pathologist in the whole of Australia or something. Jesus. And I was like, I'm going to do this entire degree for a chance of seven jobs. Like it's not really realistic. So I changed out of that um, in the first semester and then started doing my medical science degree with the intention of going into medicine and actually becoming a doctor. Uh, but I got to the end of my med, my med science degree. I hadn't actually like 
done any study or any prep for the age uh, the what, what was it called the um or like the doctor the using. gamsat or the other one i can't remember what they're called i didn't do any prep for it so i was like oh i can't really stop studying now because like all this hard work is going to go to nothing and i've like i can't get a job with just a bachelor of medical science degree so i was like i either have to choose to go down the route of research or go down the route of some sort of clinical work and i didn't want to do research i couldn't think of anything worse than standing in a lab every day looking at things that weren't actually a living well like i said living but not like people like, I, like, I want dead shit i just can't i just can't deal with um you know looking at lab stuff all day i'll go mental so i decided to go the clinical route and the only thing that i could really do from this bachelor of medical science was a master's in something and it was like kind of two options it was either a master's of pharmacy or a master's of nursing and the master's of nursing isn't like your typical master's it's literally just a bachelor of a bachelor of nursing basically but they've just made it into a master's and you can do it in two years instead of three years um because you've already done a previous bachelor and it's also in science so a lot of the subjects were similar so i was like oh i'll apply for both and i just heard back from nursing first and that's the only reason i really did it i was like oh i've never once like not once in my single life did i ever think about doing nursing never crossed my mind and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll give it a go. Like I'll do a semester of it. Like see if I like it. If I don't like it, I can just then try and get into med after that. Um, and so I did it for a semester and yeah, didn't look back. I loved it straight away. I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. And I kind of just fell into it. I didn't even ever think about doing it. So good. Um, and then there's no way in hell now I'd ever want to do medicine or be a doctor. God, the things no. you see them go through. I'm sorry if you're a doctor and listening, but it's a tough gig. It's a tough oh, gig. Yeah. Like your entire life is dedicated to studying, to medicine, to keep growing your career and like nursing of course is the same but there's so much more flexibility so much more growth like in different areas you can cross over to different areas you can't just become like a gastric surgeon and then decide to become a brain surgeon like it's not you know you choose that path and that's it that's it so yeah that's kind of how I fell into nursing and then I did finish my degree uh in Sydney and then got a job as a new grad in Sydney hospital in a Sydney hospital which was St. Vincent's Hospital in the ICU was my first job out of uni was straight into ICU, which was very scary. And I'd never even stepped foot in an ICU, let alone worked in an ICU. Um, and that kind of started my journey to nursing. And then I worked there for four years. Uh, I became like quite senior in my role there. I did a post-grad in intensive care. Um, and I kind of got to this point where I was like, I'm at kind of the, almost the maximum of what I could do in this facility, in this place. Um, and also went through a huge life change. We'll go through in a minute, which I'm sure all of you are aware of. Um, and I just decided to do something really different and I just needed a change and the change was to do travel nursing. And then that's what led me onto this journey to find Jess, to find, you know, Brisbane to this podcast. So it's crazy. So being an ICU nurse, like in that whole kind of journey of, and you didn't even know you were going to be an ICU nurse. No. crazy. It's a huge part of your identity. Oh yeah. So when you think of Zana, when you know Zana, you know, that that's a huge, like huge chunk and huge part of her life mm. and her identity. Um, and it's a huge role what we do now because we're brand ambassadors for an amazing healthcare agency. Yeah. We're still nurses. We still do all that. So we're in a, an amazing position now in life for sure. Yeah. And it's weird how you like look back and you're like, wow, and I did this and then thank God. I mean, imagine if you got the pharmacy degree and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll be a pharmacist. Like your life would be crazy different right now. Crazy different. But I think I probably also would have liked it and to, like to some point. Like I love learning. Like that's the thing that I love to do mm-hmm. is I love learning and doing new things. So l- like learning about all the different types of drugs, I think it would have been really interesting. But then but I think when I – nursing. Yeah. But I think when I like actually worked in a pharmacy, mm-hmm. I think it would have gotten a bit 
a bit boring after You would have studied again, I reckon. Yeah. You would have qualified, worked for a bit and been like, eh. Yeah, I'm the type of person that doesn't sit still for very long. It doesn't stop studying for very long. I always like learning something new, doing something new, pushing myself to learn something different. I'm just that type of person that's probably going to be doing degrees till I'm 70 years old, but it's just who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, she's always fucking studying. Yeah. Right now she's studying to be a sexologist. Like, yeah. Legit. Yeah. And when I met you, you were studying to be, a, you're, well, you've got a part of a counseling degree because yeah. she had to get a counseling degree to be a sexologist. So yeah. when I met Zana, she was already studying to be a counselor. Mm. And then also she was like, yeah, and then I'm going to also be a sexologist. And I was like, fuck, I can't even, I can't think of anything <laughs> fucking worse than going back to uni right now. Like, yeah, my I mean, English is terrible. Yeah, it's definitely on defer right now because I don't have enough time to do it. So mm. we'll just have to figure that plan out um, for the future. But yeah, yes. we got too much going on right now. Yeah. To be quite fair. But that's why we're very opposite. Zana's like fucking so great at English and writing and all that. And I'm always, I struggle hardcore with that. We have our strengths and our weaknesses. Yes, exactly. Thank goodness that is your strengths because I struggle a lot. <laughs> So basically all the podcast blurbs, that's um, 90% Zana. No, you definitely do some of them. <laughs> oh, goodness. So when you were in high school, obviously you started off at a uh, same-sex school, so it was like a girl school. Yeah. And then you went to a mixed boy and girl school, and then you went back to a school that was originally all boys and yeah. it was a mix of girl and boys. Yeah. That's fucking confusing. Yeah. So obviously people that have listened to this episode know that you're in a same-sex relationship right now. Mm. I guess when you were in high school, like did you kind of – like you said, you weren't very social and stuff. Like, was there any boys? Like, did you kiss boys? Did you think mm. about girls? Did you kiss a girl? Like, yeah. what kind of went on during high school? Like, did you experiment or mm. anything during the, that period? Early high school, definitely not. Like, year six and seven when I was in the girls' school, like, I didn't. I don't think I even think about think about. <laughs> I didn't you just think said about- I was good at English. <laughs> you jinx me. I didn't even think about. Ganajo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about like either sex really. Like I don't think even like in early high school it was on my mind at all. Like school was just girls and it was just my friends and we were just being silly. I mean, I was a bit like nerdy. Like I was a bit chubby. I had like, you know, freckles. I was like just like a little nerdy kid. And I don't think I ever even thought about any one of the opposite sex or the same sex in any sexual way Mm -hmm. at all, I reckon, until high school. And I don't even know if I even necessarily like would have naturally thought about boys or girls in like high school from year 10. So did you have crushes? Was, like, were you like, oh my God, like Dylan, oh my God, he's so cute. Yeah, I definitely had crushes. Um, it's really hard to remember back because like, yeah, yeah the years. I had so many crushes. I had a lot of crushes. I wouldn't, I mean, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know in terms of how many I had. I can't really remember. It's just kind of like when I look back, I don't really think about like any kind of Okay, who was your, sexual- first, who was your first kiss? Oh, that was my first boyfriend. <laughs> Your first actual boyfriend. Yeah, was so your this first was kiss. yes. So this mm-hmm. was. Um, we can say a fake name, John Doe. Oh yeah, Johnny Boy. Let's say John. John's my dad. No, we're using, oh we're using yeah, it is your dad. Blake. Let's use Blake. Okay, Blake. Um, this was actually in uh, high school before. So after year six and seven, I went to the co-ed creative arts school. Yes. This was at the creative arts school, mm-hmm. um, and I like there was this one boy that was interested in me, and I don't even think I even was interested. <laughs> Yeah, but he was interested in me. And because he was interested in me, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever age I was, 14, 13. I was like, oh, I probably should get a boyfriend. Like, maybe, maybe I should do this. And so I, like, I think I talked to this guy, I reckon, like three times. And then one time in our lunch break, I went out to the Oval and he came over to me and everyone was like, everyone had like created the circle around us. Like everyone knew it was happening and not me. And he made me like a flower bracelet and he asked me to be his girlfriend. That's actually really cute. (laughs) It's very cute. 
Um, he's actually now married to someone from that school. So like, oh, wow. yeah, not so, me. So when did you make out with him? Oh, so yeah, I ended up saying yes to him being my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We went on like one date. We went to the movies. We went to the movies with multiple people. Cute. We were in like the front row. Oh yeah, I remember and like story. two girls, two of my friends were sitting next to me, and then I was here, and then he was next to me, and then it got to the credits, and like I remember sitting there, and my hand was sweating, and I remember being so nervous, like I was so so scared, and the girls like, you gotta do it, you gotta do it. Anyway, and then we kissed in the movie theater, but. I- like, I think it was just a kiss on lips. I don't even think there was any tongue involved. I don't even know. Is it know. a real kiss if there's no tongue? <laughs> I don't know. I can't even remember back. I feel like I've blocked a lot of it out. I think you have too. You're really mm. digging deep here. You're like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how that kiss went. I think I just like blocked it out. But yeah, kissed him. I think I like ended up kissing him a few more times after that. But then I broke up with him on MSN. Oh, bitch. <laughs> a week later. MSN, Jesus. Sorry, oh. Blake. What are we name is now? So I guess a big part of your story, and it's actually like when we first started this podcast, because we were like, should we do a podcast? We're like, yeah, fuck yeah. We're mm. interesting. We're interesting people. Mm. Um, you obviously were married to a man. Yeah. And you met him when you were 19 years old and you met him clubbing. Is that right? Were you guys yes. clubbing? Yeah. You guys were clubbing. Yeah. God, and you know more about it than I do. Yeah. <laughs> dug deep into this, man. You guys were clubbing. Obviously, what, you had a little hookup, exchange mm. numbers, and then caught up again. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you just kind of naturally kind of ended up with him or did you actually like have a crush on him? Were you like, oh, my God, I really like this guy? Oh, yeah. I definitely had a crush on him for sure. And actually going back to the first kiss thing, I obviously that like person was my first like official like teenage kiss. Yeah. But actually it just came back to me this light bulb moment that actually my first kiss was with a girl when I was like What? When I was like oh I wanna say six, five or six. Wait, Jesus Christ. Like not like a not like a tongue thing. But I remember I was friends with this girl in New Zealand and I went over to her house for a sleepover and we were like best friends. And I remember I don't have a very vivid, clear memory of it. So I don't actually know if it happened or if I've just manifested this like, you know, time in my brain or like this experience in my brain. But I remember that we went under the bed and we like kissed each other, like, like just like a kiss. Oh. But I don't know if it's because we were like interested in what it was or like how we talked about it. I'm like, maybe we should just kiss. Uh, anyway, we went under the bed and kissed. And then after that, I like thought my life had changed forever. And I thought my saliva had changed. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. And I like used to smell my saliva and be like, it smells different now that I've kissed a girl. Like, are people going to know? Everyone's going to know that I kissed a girl. I remember thinking that when I was young, because I thought people would know that my saliva had changed in smell. How weird is that? That is so weird. So weird. And you've actually told me that story. Yeah. So strange. Anyway, back to my ex. Um, so yes, we met out clubbing when I was 19. I had like, I was no, I wouldn't say a hoe bag, but I definitely – I wouldn't say a hoe bag in terms of having sex with people, but I was definitely a hoe bag in terms of kissing people. I had oh, yeah. kissed lots of people. It was it just seemed to like my thing. People was in boys and girls? Yeah, boys and girls, yeah. but the girls are more like, you know, at, at parties with your friends and all the guys are saying, oh, get like hook up. Yeah, so mainly, girls mainly, or hook up. Mainly kissing for the guy's benefit, really. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And like it was just a fun thing to do. You just kiss your friends. I don't yeah. know. I feel like everyone did it. Um, and then, yeah, I had, I had crushes on boys and I had previously had sex with – people before I met my ex, um, which were both boys. And um, I remember having a crush on him and he was at the, in the club and I actually I actually made the – I'm pretty sure I made the move on him. It was kind of like this, yeah, thing. But he didn't live in Sydney. He lived in the Central Coast at that time. Um, but he was happened to be in Sydney for something that weekend and he was actually staying in the hotel that, uh, in a hotel that weekend. And so he was like, look, I'm um, here for the weekend. Like, do you want to do something tomorrow? I think it was because he was going home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was like, yeah, two days later I met him in the city and we went for lunch and our lunch went for like six hours. 
Like we were literally sitting in the restaurant for six hours and I never like had this experience with a guy before. I never had this experience where I could just like chat to someone like this. Like it just Mm -hmm. flowed so naturally and easily. So I definitely had a crush on him and wanted to keep seeing him, but I definitely was in no way looking for a boyfriend. Like I was not at that stage of my life where I wanted a boyfriend. I'd never, I mean, apart from you know, Blake back in the day. Um, I didn't have a boy, like I didn't have a boy, hadn't had a boyfriend. I didn't want a boyfriend. I was happy just living my life. I loved my like independence and doing what I wanted to do. So we actually were like quote unquote seeing each other for six months. Um, and we weren't in an official relationship. Um, even though everyone else thought we were in a relationship because we were seeing each other all the time. We were the only people that each other saw. Yeah. But it took six months because he kind of like mentioned and breached the subject before. And I was kind of like, Oh, I'm not like, not just, yeah, like I'm not really interested in being in a relationship. And then he finally asked me to be in a relationship with him. And I like said, oh, but isn't that going to change things? And like, so he got really offended and wow. it was this whole thing. And then I was like, oh, you know what? It's fine. Like, just ask me again, ask me again. And then I said yes um, to being in a relationship with him. But it was kind of like not something that I necessarily like thought about or wanted. It kind of just happened. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we were just so young. I was 19. He was 23, maybe. I think he was four years older than me. Um, and then, yeah, we were together for seven years after that. I think it was just easy. And, like, we kind of grew up together. Like, yeah. I grew up and he grew up at the same time. And, yeah, I guess in some, most relationships, in a lot of relationships, if you're in a relationship that young, you either grow together or grow apart, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I thought – I genuinely thought we were growing together, but it turns out we were no. not. <laughs> so we have, talk, we have talked about this story a lot about, like, Zana's relationship with, I don't know what to call him. Uh, oh, who's this one going to be? Mm, I'm trying to think of a fake name. Mike. Because you're sitting on Mike Wazowski right now, the cushion. Yeah, Mike. Okay. okay, here we go. I mean, I like Mike Wazowski, so mm, it's fine. Sorry, we're just going to have to go with Mike. Yeah. We don't have time. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so we know the story about Mike because we've touched over it with a lot of episodes. And we'll just do a, like a short snippet for this one because we really want to dive deep into the sexuality section, mm. I think, because that's like a huge part of your yeah. kind of story now. But you were with Mike for seven years. <laughs> yes. Um, there was a period after five years where he did cheat on you and you found mm. out and yeah. you left him. But yeah. then, you know, he just weaseled his fucking way back in. Yep. And, you know, you, you live and learn, you know. Yep. You, that was you obviously do. a warning you live sign. And learn. Um, but, you know, for an extra year, you guys were together. You were great. You're in a great space. Mm. He proposed to you, you got engaged um and then what you were together seven years in total now and then you had a beautiful wedding in sydney mm-hmm. with all your beautiful relatives mm-hmm. and obviously zana mentioned she's from new zealand so mm-hmm. she had a lot of family coming from New <laughs> everyone <laughs> absolutely everybody um and then so i guess what happened uh after the wedding so you freshly married you've just had a beautiful honeymoon you've yeah. come back what the fuck's happened? Yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, kind of going back to that time when we were obviously together, he cheated on me the first time. I think it was like maybe four and a half years into our relationship and I found out because the boyfriend of the girl that he cheated with actually messaged me on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and he was very, 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 very detailed, detailed. <laughs> about what happened, where it happened, like into the fact of how many times it happened, the fact that he'd asked to have anal sex with her, like a very detailed yeah. conversation. That shit would stay with you too. Oh, yeah. Um, me and Judy actually found the message the other day. Fucking I have no. to show you. Yes. Um, because I was like, I don't know where this is. I actually refound the message. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Um, I was obviously in a very weird place. Like it completely blindsided me. Like mm. completely. I had zero trust issues with this guy, like at all. Like I never would have ever once thought, and no one else would have either. Like yeah. he 
never was dodgy. He's never dodgy on his phone. He never like it was. There's no red flags, which which yeah. blindsided me even more because I was like, how did I not notice this? Am I stupid that I haven't noticed this? Have I been completely like oblivious to something happening right in front of my face? Yeah, but I just like. I can't feel that way about myself because I like in that relationship, I trust him and you know, I should have trust. I mean, like it wasn't a relationship. I should have trust for my partner, yeah. but he fucked with it anyway. So that happened. Um, I got extremely angry because he d- defended and denied the whole thing for a long time. Um, and then I said, I need some space. We split up for a little bit. I, w- I went back with my parents um, and I came back to him and I'd made the decision that I was going to break up with him. I went straight to that meeting with him to be like, no, we need to split ways. Like I don't, I can't trust you again. Um, and then yeah, he was his way back in so that he would obviously do anything that I wanted him to do. I'd been trying to get him to see like a psychologist or a counselor for a long time because I knew he had a lot of, um, issues around his parents' um, divorce and around things that happened in his life that he hadn't dealt with. And I knew yeah. that that was affecting his mental health and I knew that his mental health was affecting our relationship. Um, so he said that he wanted to see a couples counselor together and that was kind of this light bulb moment to be like, Oh, maybe going to a couples counselor will actually help him improve himself. And being the fucking nice person that I am, or like being an empathetic person sometimes isn't a good thing, but I kind of had, I kind of then had this moment of insight to how he was feeling. And like, he obviously made some excuses and some reasons why he had cheated. And a lot of it was to do with stuff that he was feeling internally, that he wasn't feeling valued and all this stuff. And I kind of saw an an insight into that being like, okay, maybe this is situational and it's not actually because he's a horrible person and he wants to cheat. Maybe he actually just needs to learn coping mechanisms for other things in his life that don't let him outlet and having sex with other people or whatever. Yeah. So I gave him benefit of the doubt and I said, yeah, okay, let's see a psychologist. Let's see a couple's counselor and we'll go from there and see if our relationship improves, but we're going to stay separated, like living apart until we're ready to move back together. And then we got to the end of these counseling sessions. You know, the counselor said, (laughs) the counselor said, I have full faith that he'll never do this again. Nah. Um, and she's like, I think if you want to work on your relationship, you should move back in together and do all these things, you know, yeah. that we've taught you over this time. So we did, we moved back in together. Um, and everything was really good. Like our relationship had transformed. Like it was much more communicative. Like he was making such m- more of an effort. It was actually really good for like the full next year. Um, and that's when he obviously, um, ended up proposing to me, um, I guess a year or so after that. Yeah. It would have been like, what? Six years you were together in time? Yeah, six yeah. years, yeah. So then he proposed to me then. I actually had known he'd had the ring. It's another fucking shit situation, side story of this, um, which we can probably get into in another episode because it's, it's a long story. Yeah, I don't think I even know about this story. Ooh, oh, we'll dive into that another time. Yeah. Um, but he had the ring. He'd already had the ring when he cheated on me the first time. Let's just oh, go with I that. Oh, I did know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, he still held on to it. I knew that he had it. So I kind of Bad knew. Bad juju, that ring. Yeah. And I kind of knew, obviously I knew, that he was going to propose and that that was going to be our future. So I knew the ring was somewhere. I knew that I was going to get proposed to because I yeah. mean, I had picked out the ring myself because um, we went and had looked at, had a look at some before we see all this happened. Yeah. Anyway, so then fast forward to the wedding, we obviously got married um, and then it was literally one month to the day that he was sitting on the couch and said, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I was like, eh, excuse me, what? Like, I don't understand. We just got married a month ago. Anyway, um, I'd always had this, this like feeling. And I think it, I, we had a good year, like that year after seeing the psychologist, it was a good year. I felt really good about it. But like for the first, obviously for the first period of that, it was hard because mm. my partner had cheated on me, sleeping with him, with him again, trusting him again was very, very hard. And I don't think I ever 
fully trusted him again. I was always like on this base level of paranoia, of anxiety, of yeah. like, you know, watching everything he's doing, overanalyzing things. But that also turned into him gaslighting me and making me feel guilty for feeling that way because he made me feel guilty. Then he said that I should like I should have trusted if I'm going to take him back, I need to trust him. And it's my fault that I'm not trusting him. And I'm making this stuff up on my head and all the stuff that's gaslighting obviously, and trying to manipulate the situation to think for me to think that nothing's going on. And he's this trustworthy person when actually he was doing the dirty again. Yeah. So he was actually having these conversations with this girl that he was playing touch 40 with. And I always had, um, I always had a suspicion yeah. and like gut feelings are never wrong. Like, I mean, maybe 5% of the time they're wrong, but most yeah. of the time your gut feeling is right. And I had, had this gut feeling that something was going on with between him and her. And it was because, you know, he, they messaged a lot. They would hang out after touch footy a lot, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And it was just a little bit too close for comfort. Like they'd message quite, like quite frequently. And I'd always ask her like, oh, like what's going on? And he's like, oh, it's just, it's just cause like her, you know, her nan's really sick and mine's really sick as well. So we kind of just like bonded over it and we had like a few DMs and stuff. So we kind of, yeah. and he's always been someone that was always friends with girls yeah. And had close relationships with girls because he's someone that could, like you could easily talk to and would listen and sit there. And he's a very supportive friend. Like he was a good friend to people. Um, so I just kind of thought it was like another friend, but then I was like, also like, this is a little bit strange, like, especially after what's happened. Like it, it's a little bit strange that he's getting this close to a girl, especially when I'm voicing that it's making me uncomfortable. And we had just like decided and discussed in the past that if I felt like something was making me uncomfortable, uh, like I was allowed to voice it and obviously be like, look, what's going on here? Because obviously I have trust issues. Um, anyway, so it turns out that obviously that relationship or that whatever they were doing was more than that, yeah. which is what my gut feeling was telling me anyway. Um, and yeah, so basically after exactly a month, it was literally a month to the day he walked out and basically moved straight in with her and is now with her and they just had twins. <laughs> yeah, long story short, they just had twins. Yeah. Um, and they named uh, one of the kids. Um, a name that we had discussed uh, naming our child, yeah. Yeah, even more of a fucking. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, strange. It's a strange feeling. It's a strange situation. I don't think like anyone ever could even imagine what it feels like. It was, it was weird because in one sense, I expected it because my gut feeling told me that it was happening. Yeah. And I kind of expected that he was going to cheat again. And I already kind of knew that he was, but I just wasn't like ready to accept it. I wasn't really ready to like fully own that it was happening. I was kind of just trying to put the blinders like on my eyes and yeah. I guess you're excited about your next phase of life, you know, like being a wife and you've always dreamed of like having a beautiful marriage mm. and having lots of kids and yeah. being surrounded by family. So that kind yeah. of if he's been a part of your life for seven years, like of course, yeah. Kind of like, ooh. and how do you how do you have that? It's very hard. How do you have that conversation a few months before the wedding and say, look, I think you're you're with someone else, but my family's just decided to all come over here for the wedding. We can't get a single refund of the wedding now because it's too late. Yeah. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, I was just hoping that, you know, I was making it up in my head and I was overthinking it and then we get married and everything was going to be fine. Yeah. But now a big part of your story is like, yeah, 30 days after my wedding, my husband walked out and moved in with another woman, Mm -hmm. which is quite wild. It even got to the point where the videographer – like, you know, when you get like get married and you got to wait, you know, a couple of months sometimes after the wedding for the video and the photos, like the videographer contacted Zana and she was kind of like, oh, don't even worry about the video anymore because um, 
he left he's, me. He's left me. So we're not even together anymore. So the videographer actually so amazingly still did the video, but what he did is he put like three quarters of Zani. Yeah. So there's still obviously Mike in the video. <laughs> Mike is fake name, remember, guys? Um, they put Mike in the video, obviously, because he has to be because he's a fucking groom. But it was like three quarters of Zana and it's like her dancing mm. and it's like her with her family. Yeah. And it's like it's actually it's so weird for me to watch that video because it feels like I'm watching a movie. Yeah. But it's real mm. and it's your life. But it's like it's just because I met Zana post all this. So I've, mm. I, I haven't. I didn't know Zana when she was with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, so, so, so crazy. And I guess like the next part that we're going to talk about is obviously a sexuality. And I think the first thing after hearing that story is you would think and people would say, oh, are you just so turned off men now that now you're with a woman? Yeah. Um, and I think like this is obviously someone's written this in as well because I feel like it's a common thing that people ask. Because you were obviously so hurt as well. Yeah. That's like a fucking yeah. terrible thing. And to be honest, my mum made the exact same comment when yeah. I told her that I was, you know, going to be exploring my sexuality and dating women. She did say, you know, like do you think that this is because like you've been so hurt by men or you've lost trust in men? Like do you think this is why? You can't like that's not possible. You can't suddenly like someone of – the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever situation you're in, just because they've hurt you. Like that's yeah. not how it works. You can't just suddenly be sexually attracted to someone because yeah. the other sex hurt you. Because it's, it's, like it's like the common thing I think that women do, whether you act like you would be like, I'm so sick of men, that's it. I'm going to start dating women. Like and it's just like a joke. Yeah. It's just like a thing that people yeah. throw out. Whether they actually would or not is a very different thing. Exactly. And it's funny is because, you know, even now, now that I'm obviously in a relationship with Judy and in a relationship with a woman, people still make that comment and like, they're kind of just like, oh, I'm so jealous. Like, you know, I hate men, but I just like can't be with a woman. It's like, that's the same situation. I wasn't going to be like, oh, I hate men, but I can't be with a woman. I am attracted to both sexes. So yeah. like, it is something that I am attracted to. I can't just turn that on and off based on my trust for the certain sex. Yeah. Also, I realized very early and I taught myself very early that that situation wasn't going to change my experience with men in general, because one person who, yeah, fucked me over and, yeah, he was a man, he doesn't deserve to change the lives of every other man or, like, change my perception of every other man because yeah. he's just one person. Yeah. And it's a shit thing that he did, but um, unfortunately women do it too. And it's just a shit thing that he did to me. It doesn't mean every single man's going to do that to me. It doesn't mean every single woman's going to do that to me. So I learned, I learned and, like, kind of established very early in my head that I wasn't going to let that situation affect me yeah. like beyond him I was going to give every other person that I dated the benefit of the doubt because I was going to trust them until they gave me a reason not to yeah. and otherwise because I knew that I was sitting I mean we've talked about this like moment so many times but I was sitting near the water and Jess has heard the story many many times but it's like I had this like light bulb epiphany moment where I was like you know what 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 is like what is going on here I've spent so much time like being sad over this guy who's just now living with another girl and living, I mean, he obviously isn't happy, but he's living this happy life and I'm just sitting here miserable and he's dictating this life for me right now. He's like made my life shit right now. Yeah. But I'm still letting him have this power over me to, you know, have this control over my life. So I was like, I'm going to stop letting him have power over me, over my happiness. I have control over my happiness and what I want to do with my life. So I thought in that moment, that's it. I'm going to completely stop letting this control me and I'm going to enjoy life and I'm going to date people. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to live my true life because like 
if I let him continuously change my life or, you know, be this burden over my life, I'll never get anywhere. Yeah. Like I had to clear it and be like, you know what, that's the past. I need to move forward and I need to move on from this and I can't let it dwell. Like I can't let it like cause any, like it's like it was raining on me and I had to like get rid of it and be like, no, I need to move on. I need to move past this and I need to create a new life. Otherwise I'm just going to live in this hole of sorrow forever. Yeah. And thank God you fucking got out yeah, of that hole. Thank God. Thank God. Everyone needs to go through their little hole moments, you know, when you dig deep and you're yeah. like, Oh, 100%. I'm going to have my crying moments, but then you got to get the fuck up. Yeah. And I've always been someone that's like very like, I guess like wise and like had a lot of insight into my life and like was very much like wanting this like full life. But I, I really didn't realize how necessary something so traumatic and it's horrible to say this, but how necessary something so traumatic is mm-hmm. to make you grow and to make you change and make you see the world for what it is and actually make the most of this one life that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're leading a totally different totally life. So that different. was, that was like, I mean, I didn't even know you back then. So like there was yeah. like another life of Zana mm. and now she's gone through this other huge, huge, like, yeah, well, I was a shell life. of who I was. Like yeah. by the end of that relationship, I was a shell of a human really. I was just not the same person anymore. Like I was bubbly and crazy when I was younger. I would dance until eight o'clock in the morning and have drunk absolutely nothing. I would be driving to the city and take my friends out. And I'd literally dance till eight o'clock in the morning. I was fun and vibrant and happy and crazy and like slowly over time. And this is why you don't even notice it yourself. It's slowly over time. People gaslight you, manipulate you, and they slowly take your shine. It's not like one day all of a sudden your friends see you and they're like, oh my God, Zana's changed so much. She's like, it's so, so gradual and so over time that no one notices it, not even yourself until you're out of it and you're looking, you know, from hindsight that you realize actually, wow, I was not me. Yeah. I was not myself anymore. And then when you're out of it, people then realize, oh, yeah, actually, like now I've noticed it too, that the person you are right now is completely different. It's yeah. almost like you have a stark transition after that to be like, you know, your real person again. And they're like, oh, wow, we haven't seen this person in so long. Yeah. It's like you totally lost your identity. Yeah. And then now you've got to, like, to like retrain and be like tr- relearn, especially going from 19 to 26. Mm. You've like just transitioned and like lost your identity. Definitely. But then now you've gone through this another huge I don't know, journey of your life. And now yeah. you're just like, now you are literally truly living your scent, my like, authentic life. 100%. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I guess you mentioned being a little six year old kissing girls under the bed. <laughs> yeah. um, so it obviously started very young. Um, you mentioned how, you know, you've kind of kissed girls at clubs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know you didn't mention it yet on this podcast, but like you'd mentioned to, um, Mike, that you were kind of interested in girls, but obviously you were in a relationship. So nothing was ever going to happen in terms of like a relationship with a woman, but he kind of mentioned, yeah, you can get with a girl, but like for the benefit sexually of him, mm. which was a bit of a, like, I don't want to yeah. make out with a girl just for you to get off. Exactly. And like, you didn't want that experience, but you had verbalized that with yeah. your partner at the time. Yeah. So then you became single and I guess I don't know. Did you question yourself thinking like, oh, I, w- I want to maybe date women, but like, is it only because I've been hurt or were you just like, no, like this is definitely something I've always wanted. Yeah. I want to go for it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy you say that because literally the moment that we broke up, that was the exact first thing that came to my head was, oh my God, I can now date women. That was literally the first <laughs> thing like, that came fuck, to my head. Yeah. Yeah. So I obviously had been thinking about the entire time and it was the first thing. Yes, I was sad about us breaking up. And of course it was a major life change, but I think it was more a major life change because he was my best friend. He's all I ever knew. I'd only live with him. I didn't know my life outside of him. I didn't know who I was outside of him. 
it wasn't even necessarily that he was, you know, my husband or my partner or whatever, because we didn't, it had kind of got to this point where we weren't really this like, you know, super sexual couple or anything like that. It wasn't, it was more that he was my best friend and my life was going to change a lot after that. But the actual like breakup and the fact that I could be whoever I wanted to and date whoever I wanted to, that was literally the first thing I thought of when we broke up. So it was on my mind from the minute it happened. And what were you thinking about when you had sex with Mike? (laughs) Unfortunately, I was thinking about women a lot of the time when I was having sex with Mike. He used to have to hide under the doona. She actually literally Mm. did. She would fantasize about having sex with women. Yeah, but I also think like it it wasn't just men in general. Like Mm -hmm. I obviously did enjoy sex with men after I broke up with my ex. Like I really did. And I really explored myself and kind of found my my sexual being after being with him because I think my trust was so broken and I had this very bad relationship with sex because of how he'd made sex in my head. Um, And he had, he kind of just like made sex about, it was all about him. And it was never about me and he never really took my, like my thoughts or feelings into consideration. And it was kind of like, I just had this like ick around having sex with him specifically, Yeah. but having sex with other people outside of that relationship afterwards was great. Like I loved having sex. Like I I love having sex. It's fun. Yeah. And it's a great explorative tool to like, you know, explore yourself and explore other people and find what you like and all that. But I never really was able to do that in that relationship. I kind of felt stuck. And I think because I'd known him for so long, and I don't know if I, I think a lot of people in relation long term relationships feel that as well, especially when they've been together since they were young, is that you kind of don't want to explore anything because it's kind of embarrassing. You don't want to say like mm-hmm. you're into something different because I knew that whatever I would say, he would sexualize that into being like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Or like mm-hmm. it, I didn't want to ever make it about him and it kind of gave me the ick that he ever thought that anything I would say would be like for his sexual pleasure. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of made me feel gross. So I, like we didn't have like the most connected sex ever. It was kind of just like maintenance sex, you know, like in a relationship. It's just like, oh, let's have sex because we have to, we're in a relationship. Yeah, in a relationship yeah. um, but it was never like super fun or like sexy. We never tried anything new. It was just boring sex, you know, yeah. like it was good. And I mean, I orgasmed and I had like, you know, fun doing it, but it wasn't like this amazing sex that no, I, no I have big, now. No big cummies. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, no big cummies like I have now. Not that I like, yeah, it's completely different. Very different. Uh, but yeah, so that was, I guess, that part of it. Yeah. So I yeah. guess you obviously had the split with Mike. Yeah, it's so weird seeing Mike. Um, and then you were doing your nursing. So we've obviously talked about the story about her being an ICU nurse. Mm. Um, and then you went and became a travel nurse because obviously you're like, well, fuck, why stay in Sydney? I may as well just fuck off somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Start a new life. She yeah. packed up her car. So this was the crazy thing about that situation was being an, a nurse, as a lot of people know that work in big public facilities mm. is that a lot of the time you don't see the nurses for months because you're all on opposite shifts. Oh yeah. Um, you, you know, that person might work night shifts for the four days and you work day shifts for the three days and you don't see each other. Yeah. So I still had, after we'd split up a month later, I still had so many people coming up to me and asking how my wedding was and asking, Oh my God, can I see photos? I haven't seen you to the wedding. Congratulations. Yeah. And I'd have Which to is a say, normal thing to say. And it is. And I didn't feel bad. Like I didn't feel like, you know, any resentment towards them for asking me because I would have done the exact same thing, but I had to rehash the story again and again and again. And I just like, was like, this is not my life anymore. My life that I had here was with him. Yeah. It's very evident. It's very draining. It's very evident that everything in this place was him. I lived, you know, close to work with him. I like it, it's just, it was too much. And I, and everything reminded me of him. Even my work reminded me of him because it was just what I had with him. Yeah. And I had to do something completely different. I had to change every single thing about my life just to like cut that and find something different because it was like I needed a complete 
change like change up. I need a whole yeah. life makeover. Which was I was like, there's too many rem- memories here. I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I need something different. I need something for me as well. Like I needed something completely outside that. So yeah, I started travel nursing. Um didn't look back really. Yeah, still haven't looked yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> haven't looked back. And that's how Zana and I met. We were both travel nurses. And mm. then we met um in prison, in a prison contract doing correctional nursing. Yeah. And that's when we kind of met. And the first conversation we had was at a dinner and um she told me the story about her ex and I told her story about my ex and mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, we had like that bonding experience with that. And then we had the travel nursing website and yeah. then I was like, do you want to do this with me? And that's like literally how our friendship formed. Mm. And then we've actually been in separate ever since. Yeah, we have. <laughs> that was literally the first week of March last year. So crazy. Because <laughs> it was like literally I met you the day uh, the day before my 30th birthday. Mm. Because I worked in the prison on my 30th yeah. birthday. I did like a 13-hour shift and I was like, fuck my life. This You're is mental. the worst birthday ever. Yeah, that's bad 30th. I had nothing else to do, man. The borders kept closing. I was like, may as well fucking work in a prison. Oh, dear. That's so wild. Um, So I guess now you were single and you're doing your travel nursing. You're kind of rebuilding your life. Um, when did you start, like, and how did you start having the conversations with people being like, Hey, like I'm, you know, considering dating women. Cause I remember it was maybe, oh, maybe like two or three months after being friends. Like, mm. and I, I didn't even bat an eyelid. You were just like, yeah, like we were talking about dating all the time. And obviously it's hard dating as a travel nurse because you're constantly moving, but you were like, yeah, I'm like, I want to start dating women. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like just real casually. Like, how did you start? Like, did you just do it like that, like really casually, just mm, throw it out there? Or yeah. were you shitting yourself before telling me? Like, were you just... Um, yeah, I think I was shitting myself before I told anyone, uh, like, at all. But I think it started with very, like, slow comments. I think I, like, tried to weasel it way into conversations. Like, I'd dro- just drop things. Like, if people were like, oh, um, oh yeah, I'd probably date a woman. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I probably would too. Like, just, like, little comments. It started with little comments and then it would... Then it kind of, you know, progressed to bigger comments. And then I was living with a friend um, straight after breaking up with my ex. And I did tell her, I was like, I like, I think I want to like maybe try like experience like my sexuality or explore my sexuality. And so I told her, she was, I think she was the first person that I told. And she was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll go to a gay bar with you. And that was when I was living in Sydney and kind of hadn't planned to you know, do the rural and remote thing yet. Um, so I was in Sydney and like, she was just super open with about it. She's like, Oh yeah, my best friend, um, is gay as well. Or like she's queer as well, but she, you know, she married a man, but she is, she dated women before. And she's like, Oh, I remember we were in the shower together once. Like, cause they were just, they're just best friends and they were just having a shower together at beach. And then her friend was like, Oh, I have to tell you something. Like, um, I'm into girls as well. And she's like, yeah, okay. I knew, I know it's all good. Like, and it was just, it was just an easy conversation. And once she told me that story, I was like, oh, like she's definitely going to be fine with me telling her. So I told her, didn't bat an eyelid. She was very supportive. And then, so yeah, I kind of started like trickling it into conversations with other people. And, um, yeah, then I just, I guess slowly started saying that, yeah, I wanted to experiment or that I'd say I'd bis- I was bisexual and things like that. Um, even though I obviously had never been with a woman, I still felt confident in the fact that I was attracted to women. And obviously I hadn't like consolidated that information in my head yet. Yeah. But the fact that I was attracted to women was something that I needed to figure out because I needed to figure out if I was attracted to women like in a sexual way or if I was just like intrigued by them. Like I thought about it for so long and I'd been attracted to women for so long that I needed to kind of figure it out in my head and like figure out if that was actually true and accurate Yeah, because it's scary when people are like, oh, but how do you know? Like all this stuff that obviously – everyone, it's very like, I don't know, inquisitive topic when people say that they, you know, especially if they just broke up with a man or got 
you know, divorced from a man that you're going straight to being oh, yeah. with a woman. There's lots questions. of people who have questions, but it's the thing is, is I also had questions in my head yeah. and it's hard to answer questions when I also had questions. I'm like, I don't know how to answer you because I haven't even answered them for myself yet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did hard. it to you. I did it to you as well. Yeah. Like, so we, when Zara and I met, we um, did contracts together and we decided to kind of just have a bit of a break from nursing mm. for like six to eight weeks and just have a bit of a holiday. Um, and then, you know, even during that trip, like I would say, like, you know, like I'm just like, how do you know that you want to be with a woman? Like, mm. and I would ask you those questions all the time. When we decided to come to Brisbane and that's actually right at the beginning of when we started our podcast journey. Um, I was like, Oh my God, like we're in Brisbane. We can actually start dating now. We're actually mm. in one place, which is wild. Cause we yeah. had moved so much so frequently. It was very hard to date. And then like, I was like dating like fucking crazy. Yeah. That's just what I do even yeah. to this day. Yeah. Um, and you know, you were trying to getting out there and dating. Um, and then during kind of our podcast journey, like if you've listened from the beginning, like Zana was slowly being like, yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to start like exploring and I'm actually, I put my, you know, my Tinder or my Bumble profile on like both sexes. And it was like this, like every week we're kind of doing the podcast and you're mm. opening up a little bit more. And it was like, slow. Yeah. It was very slow. Yeah. Cause it took a while for you to even like put it into both sexes. Mm. And then you did that. And that was like your first little step. And then, yeah. and then your next little step was like, then you started actually swiping and actually mm. having, having conversations with girls. Yeah. But for you to actually like make that decision and you were like, you know, you actually had started messaging judy yeah and i remember this so vividly because you were t- you t- showed me her photos and you're like this is this girl i'm talking to um and you had you guys had good conversation and you had done a really good message back but she hadn't responded to you in a couple of days no, and she didn't even respond to my like to my to your first, first was it your first was message first one. and you did like a really good like yeah. kind of you know you put effort into yeah. it and that's right and she hadn't responded and you yeah. were like a bit cut because you were like yeah i was oh. like oh i'm gonna because i was i was ready to delete it again because i was ready to have a break from it yeah so it was literally like a day away from deleting Hinge yeah. again and then finally judy replied and said oh that's like i'd been camping which was already a bit like mm. of, of a green flag for you because you're like yeah. oh camping what i love camping yeah um and then they started like talking back and forth how long were you guys talking before you finally organized to meet up i think it was maybe like a week it, it wasn't, wasn't that long okay. yeah yeah and i remember you talking on the podcast and you're like i've got but we were like texting like crazy we were like we, we were talking a lot like on message oh yeah yeah and then you had your first date so then yeah. talk us through the kind of emotions about when you're getting ready for your first date because when i met like the morning of your first date you acted really chill but i could see deep down you're shitting your little panties Oh, there was like poo tri- trickling, I think, like yeah. for miles. I'm pretty sure you went to it like a good six times. <laughs> yeah, so little did anyone know, actually, I had had men and women on my dating apps a long time ago. Like when I first split up from my ex, I had put it on men and women. But I would very sneakily, if anyone ever wanted to see my dating apps or like, swipe, you know, yeah, you give your friends your things and they swipe yeah, through yeah. for you. I had to quickly go back on and change it to men and like change it back. And then it happened once. I think it was Izzy, my friend. She caught that there was a woman on there. And I was and she's like, I was like, oh, that was, that's weird. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, I just flicked through and it was men. I was like, oh God, how did that happen? <laughs> um, anyway, yes, back to the first date. So um, yeah, I was obviously shitting myself very much. So I talked to, I talked to a few girls before I had talked to Judy and I hadn't been brave enough to kind of meet up. I kind of, when it got to that point, I just kind of stopped talking and I was like, bah! I couldn't really officiate or do it. Um, but I don't know what, I don't know why I just went on the state with Judy. I don't know what drew me or like pushed me to do it. I don't think there was anything that like I can like actually think about that. I was like, 
I think it's just the fact that maybe I was just ready to do it. And I think it was you as well. It was like, you just have to go on one date. Like you just have to do it. I did and have, you have to really to try. Push you. But Judy's profile is the only profile you showed me. Yeah. So those other girls you were talking to, you never. I mean, she stands out. She's fucking stunning. I know. But like, you never even show me their photos. You know, when yeah. you, you know, casually showing your friend like a Bumble profile. Yeah. Like I show you like 10 a day, mm. I reckon. But like, I only ever saw Judy's. I never saw. So there was something yeah, obviously in Judy's profile. There was something. Profile. Judy was just like interesting. I mean, one of her photos had pink hair. Oh, the pink hair I was really like, got you. damn. And I mean like shaved head. I was like, wow, this person is very cool. Like yeah. very cool. And I want to be friends with that person and I want to date that person. I remember so, being very like, you have to fucking do it. Like just yeah. come on, just go on yeah. one date. Yeah, and I think it was the fact that I was also about to delete it that I was like, look, I got this one shot. I'm just going to do it. If it doesn't go well, I'll just like delete my e-dating apps. At least I've been on one date and I can just like – and stop being a little bitch because a lot of the time people ask you, have you been on a date with a woman before? Have you like, even before you meet them. And I'm pretty sure that Judy also asked me kind of where I was at in my like sexuality space. Like, was I, you know, dating men and women? Like, was I, had I have been like been with a woman before? I think these are the conversations that a lot of women ask. Cause I think yeah. a lot of them know that there's girls on there that are new to being bisexual, being lesbian, mm-hmm. and they kind of want to establish where they're at so they know what they're going into as well when they go on a date. Yeah. Um, so I think I was at that stage where I was just ready to just go on a date, get that first date out of the way so that it, like, wasn't as scary anymore. Um, but that first day was very scary, very, very scary. Um, and the Judy invited me to her house because she was supposed to have a cute dog there. She's supposed to have a puppy there. And she's like, I'll come over to my house. We'll see the puppy. Come and then maybe my we'll, house. we'll go for a walk down to the water and like sit and have a picnic or something. And I got there and she's like, Oh yeah, come in. And then we went upstairs. She's like, yeah, so there's no dog. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> just lie to lure you in. Well, there was a dog, but apparently the dog went somewhere else. And, uh. and we've talked about it to this day. That if that was a guy and he'd like le- like Creepy. lured me into his house, be like, I have a dog. And I'm going to be like, I don't have a dog. I'd be like, ah, oh, run. But I also knew, like I could sense that Drew was also very nervous as well. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute. I'm so sorry. I'm going to throw you under the bus, Judy. Um, but we were sitting, we walked down to the water and we were sitting by the water. And I think she made eye contact with me like, three times in the how two hours three hours we were sitting there because she was just staring out of the water she couldn't look at me she's just like talking shit and she's then one at one point in the date she's like I'm so sorry I don't know what to say next I'm really nervous I don't know what more to ask I know everything about you because I listened to the podcast <laughs> yeah funny story is because Zana's name is so like it's so unique obviously all Judy had to do was type yeah. in Zana yeah. into Instagram find her, find the podcast, and she'd already listened to a bunch of podcasts. She listened to so much of it. And she listened to the one where Zana had to do a shit in the bush when we were on our way to the wedding where she was yeah. just like had diarrhea and it was just the funniest I mean, she just thing. still came to the dates. I mean, it's just so funny that she listened to that episode <laughs> of all the episodes. I know, God. But it was so funny because she was also so nervous and I was sitting there. I was like, I, I obviously was very nervous as well. Um, So it kind of was like – I don't know what the word is. It was kind of like endearing in a way that I was like, okay, I'm not the only nervous one here. It's all right. Yeah. And then she started talking about a dead dugong's head that was that used to be floating, floating in Shawncliffe Bay or the ocean or whatever it was. And I was oh, like, yeah. wow, okay. Um, and then she's like, oh, I've actually got to go pick up the dog. Do you want to come? And then we just went for a drive to her friend's place to pick up a puppy. We just played with these two puppies and I met two of her friends on the first date. And then 
I got back to her house and then we finished, like we were upstairs, we were sitting on her bed just chatting and then she literally asked me to go to the zoo with her in two days' time. So I think the the date was on a Wednesday Um, and then she asked me to go to the zoo with her on the Friday. She's like, oh, you don't have to answer now, but like I'm going to the zoo on Friday anyway by myself. But if you want to come, you can come to the, like I'd like you to come to the zoo. And I was like, I love the zoo. And she's like, oh, okay, you don't need to make the decision right now though. Like it's okay if you want to go home and think about it. I was like, no, I like the zoo. And I was was also so nervous as well because I was like, I don't know what I'm thinking right now. Like I'm so scared. I couldn't even think if I even wanted to like date again, go on a date again. I couldn't even think like what my name was at that point. I was so like nervous. Um, and then, so that happened. And then she's like, Oh, I also have like a housewarming that night. Um, like maybe you can like, uh, come to, you could come to the housewarming, but she messaged me this after when I got home. She's like, Oh, after the, yeah, after the zoo, I'm having a housewarming, um, not a housewarming. It was a birthday party. Anyway, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll see how I go. I might stay for, you know, the party as well. And then we went to the zoo. Um, it was like a lot more communication than it was before, but we we're obviously both still very nervous and like kind of kept our distance from each other. Like we get close, but like not too close because we were just like, ah. Um, and then I stayed for the party, but we were sitting upstairs on her bed, I think before the party started. Um, and then I was sitting at the end of the bed again and she was sitting at the head of the bed and she's like, oh, do you want to like come up, sit up here with me? See, considering you're so nervous, Judy, I think yeah. you, you, you really like somehow just like got the confidence to like take charge. Yeah. Because if I don't know if Zana would have done it if you didn't. Because no. Now, remember, I'm Zana's best friend, guys, so I was getting <laughs> message updates. Like as oh, soon yeah. as Judy would go to the toilet or <laughs> do anything, I was getting constant updates on dates like – like so many messages. So I knew exactly what was going down mm. at each moment. So I remember her saying to me, she was like, oh my God, like, so this, this is like on the day. Like, I'm pretty sure you're just in the toilet, Judy. And she would be like, you know, I was sitting on the edge of the bed and she like, she asked me to sit next to her and I was like, so wanted to, but then I didn't know how to do it. And then I was like, and then this happened and our, and our, <laughs> and our bodies were getting closer and the energy, like... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was crazy. And then we were just like sitting at the head of the bed for a bit, obviously together. And then we like laid down and we were just like chatting, lying down, like staring at each other. And then we just like kept staring at each other. And like, yeah, obviously when you're with someone and there's this chemistry, this energy, obviously both of you feel it. And I know that like when one person feels that energy, it's very obvious that the other person's feeling that too. And it's just this like this feeling in the room. And, and the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm sure that everyone listening understands that like when you're lying with someone and it's just like getting so heated and you know that this energy is building and building and like both of you want to kiss each other, but neither of you know how to make fake, make the first move. And I still think I made the first move, but Judy thinks she did, but I think Ooh. we just did it at the same time. And then we kissed like, and then I don't remember like what you said to me like straight yeah. after. I don't know who made the first move. Well, I lent in, but I also think maybe also she lent in at the same time. So I feel like it was both at the same time. The mm. energy was I mean the chemistry was too much. We had to do something about it. Anyway, then we would like then we kissed for like ages. We were very late to the party. Yeah. We didn't do anything else sexually wise um at that point. We were just like kissing and exploring each other and whatever. Um but literally from that moment it was just like normal it was just like this connection was there like I felt comfortable it's weird because like I've obviously felt comfortable with other people and other relationships and other like sexual encounters before but there was just something also weird about it being a girl and that I was just so comfortable it's like all this scariness all this built-up tension all this everything and then we kissed and then it was just like normal it was just like we were cuddling and it was just like nice and it was weird I didn't expect it to suddenly like go straight to that point where I just felt so comfortable with someone Yeah. Um, to even to the point that we went down to the party and like, it was obviously a bit awkward because I was meeting all her friends and I was kind of standing in the corner and like Judy texted me and was like, do you want to come sit on my lap? And I went and like sat on her lap being forward again at the Judy, party. Just going straight being like, do you want to come sit on yeah. my lap? <laughs> and like sat on her lap at the party, which like, even if it was a guy I was 
like dating or like even anyone, like making that first move on your second date as well. That's mm-hmm. like quite a bold move to make, especially but you had a very long friends. date though. Like yeah. you went to the zoo at like, yeah, was like a 12 hour date. Yeah. But um, I was longer than 12 hour, hun. That, that well, night I mean, I stayed like... the night in the end. So then, <laughs> yeah. So then Judy was like, okay. Like, I was like, oh, I have to go. I've got work in the morning. So she's like, I'll oh, come upstairs with, with you to get your bag. And then she was kind of like sitting on the bed and then she's like, come sit down for a minute and then I really sat down for a minute obviously that one thing led to another and then like literally I reckon every 10 minutes I was messaging Jess leaving at 10 okay yeah. no leaving at another 10 no leaving at another 10 and then I text her I was like yeah I'm not coming home <laughs> yeah and I was like oh my god she's not coming home this is crazy yeah and when Zana has shift the next night like she doesn't have a late night no like, because she's very strict because it's like 12 hours yeah I'm working very good. in ICU like she's really good yeah so I was like whoa like this chick has some serious like she yeah. must have some good vibes she got some about voodoo her shit. yeah because I was like this <laughs> lesbian voodoo so shit but I was like getting updates like constantly and she's like oh my god things are getting more heated like the chemistry yeah. Yeah. so intense right now and I was like oh my god tell me more I know and then it was like it was just yeah normal and then nice and it felt like this thing that I'd always wanted for so long and I like I kind of didn't even feel like it was my real life because I was like oh my god I've been like wanting this moment and this thing for so long like I couldn't actually believe it was actually real and I was driving home the following morning and I was so dead I remember listening back to voice memos and I was like yawning through the entire voice memos <laughs> so tired but I messaged and I voiced my other friend as well and I was like I just I don't know what to do about this because I feel like like something's wrong with me I feel like I've never felt like this before I feel like I'm literally obsessed with this person like I just from this that exact moment I was like completely obsessed and I was like I kind of thought in my head as well I was like oh is this just a lesbian thing is this just what lesbians do because you know the u-haul things the real like is real yeah lesbians seem to fall in love with each other very quickly or like it is the thing they always say that like you know when girls get together like they yeah fall very madly and deep with each other you know inseparable and like they do things fast yeah and even like I thought that I was like oh god is this just because like you know girls have this deeper connection then I was voice memoing my friend my friend and I was like surely this I can't have this connection with everyone it's like it's just something so unique I couldn't like this surely I can't feel like this in every like girl relationship like there's something special here Mm -hmm. um and then obviously you know my defense mechanisms kicked in like in the few dates after that where like I was trying to psych myself out because obviously I was scared to get into a relationship and all these things um but Judy like was just the most patient person in the entire world and completely just understood everything that I was going through and gave me the time and space to kind of deal with what I needed to deal with um and she was just going to be there and help me through it and like didn't run didn't push and it's like exactly what I needed because I would have run if it was any other situation I would have run or if but, like Judy had acted defensive back to yeah, you I think you would have totally I would have run. run yeah because you did you did like especially that first like I don't know maybe month or two yeah. months you know I met Judy within like a week I yeah I'm pretty sure we all had like breakfast together yeah. and I was like oh this is exciting yeah but you did you went through like some crazy crazy waves crazy waves of emotion and just things that like I didn't really realize that were going to come up because I'd obviously done so much work for myself and for like my future relationships I'd done so much work on myself to try and make sure that these things didn't happen but naturally they happened because I hadn't been in a relationship since that happened to me I had I was very scared that you know I'd put all my eggs in this basket and I would get hurt again and yeah. nobody wants that so like I was you know trying to run away at times and trying to like put this de- these walls up and be like no 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 I don't like I I'm going to run away from this there ha- there'll be something else because I like I'm just not ready to do like to you know dive in I'm too scared to get hurt again yeah but yeah Judy was just so patient and let me just be 
crazy and yeah because I remember we were and, even like out together you were dancing mm. and you were just being you know your goofy self and yeah. you're like fully getting into it and then all of a sudden you just completely was just like you were having so much fun then all of a sudden you just like shrunk into a little cocoon yeah. and you were just like freaking out and I was mm. like what's going on and in your mind you were just like no I'm being way too myself and she's not gonna like this yeah and like I can't show her this because then she's not gonna like me exactly and, you liked her so much yeah and that's the thing like it's so weird in that way like you you also often push away the people that you like the most because yeah. you're so scared that they're going to hurt you because you know that you like them so much. Yeah. But realistically, if anything in that moment happened and like I did run, I would still be extremely upset because I didn't want to run. So yeah. like either way, like it's, it's really hard to, you know, navigate that. Cause I was so scared. I was like, Oh shit. I actually really like this person. Yeah. Is this going to happen to me again? Is this going to be a secure relationship? I'm really scared. Like, do I want to get married again? Like, how is this all going to work? Like, it was just, it was scary. Yeah. A lot of things to think about. And especially like you wanted to have a family, um, you wanted marriage. And yeah. You're kind of like, well, like, am I going to marry a woman? Is that in my future? Am I going to marry a girl? And am I going to have to have a family? And how do I do that? I can't just like get pregnant. Mm. You're like, surprise, I'm pregnant. Like, it actually yeah. has to be a planned thing versus like, Mm. you know something that can be spontaneous yeah exactly but obviously long story short judy's still around and we're engaged so <laughs> and they got engaged a few weeks ago which is in- yeah. so incredibly exciting so it turns out it wasn't just a you know lesbian connection it was something so much more than that something so special and deep and like something i've never felt before like and i've told judy this and i'm very 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 thankful for her because i've never felt this safe in a relationship and it's it's very weird for me to feel this way like in a relationship it's very weird to feel safe because I never felt safe I never felt safe with my ex I always was on this I mean obviously after he cheated on me I was always on this level of paranoia like constantly I'd be paranoid the second he left the house I'd be paranoid also the second he got home and if I was paranoid the second he touched his phone I was just living in this constant state of paranoia and it's so unique and special to feel safe that I even told Judy this the other day, like we, we, me and Judy spent almost 24 seven together. We don't, we rarely go out without each other, Mm -hmm. but Judy went out with a friend on, um, it was for her birthday and she ended up going out with a friend. And if that had been my past relationship, I would have been in paranoid mode from the moment that he left that door, wondering who he's seeing, what he's doing, is he actually where he says he is, all these things. But the second that Judy left, I was like, oh, this is my time. I get to just have some time by myself. I was like so excited to just sit here and watch TV and have this independent time. And then like Judy hadn't replied to me for like an hour and a half um, and hadn't even like, it hadn't even said red or anything. Like she hadn't even opened it. And I was like, if that had been like my past relationship, I would have been freaking out. Why has he not replied to me in an hour and a half? What's going on? Where is he going? Yeah. But I, but my in, instant thought was, oh my God, she must be having so much fun with her friend that she hasn't had time to look at her phone. Like, I'm so happy that she's having fun. It's a really good it's way to think weird. about it. It's mm-hmm. weird. Like, and it's not even like I tried to reprogram my brain. Like that wasn't even the first thought that came out. Like I genuinely have so much trust and feel so safe because she's let me have the time to heal. And I think I did a lot of healing from my past relationship in the start of our relationship, which is also weird, but I also think that happens in every time, every time someone gets within a new relationship, you, yeah. there's a learning period where you have to adjust to each other yeah. and get used to a new relationship. And it's just the weirdest feeling to feel so safe that it's just so good. Yeah. That's why you're wifing her up. That's yeah. so good. So I think just before we do finish the episode, there was a few questions that we've been sent in and yeah. we've been answering the same questions yeah. like throughout this interview. Cause I've been interviewing you. <laughs> But uh, some of them that have been sent in is like, how do you respond to, I guess, homophobic comments? Mm. And I'm sure you've had it before. You've experienced it. You've been around kind of those types of comments. Mm. How do you respond? Yeah, I think it's hard because, you you know, you hear those comments even before you've actively come out or have even said, you know, to anyone that you're 
exploring your sexuality, you're lesbian, you're bisexual, you hear these comments and they're just comments in conversations and people's conversations, the way that they address people, the way they talk about people. It does make it a little bit more scary to come out and to like voice your opinion because you know that they've just said something homophobic and you like, you know, they're their friend, they're your friend or they're your family. And you're like, well, how am I supposed to come out when this, like there's all these comments happening? And it's a whole journey to get to the point of actually coming out. But since I've come out, I haven't had, I wouldn't say I've had homophobic comments. I haven't had anything negative. I haven't had anything mean. All my friends and family have been very supportive. Um, But I think I feel like, and I don't know, I don't think that necessarily everyone who's come out and is, you know, okay with sharing their sexuality feels this way or thinks this way. But I have much more of a voice now, I think, than I ever did before that even if, even if it wasn't to do with sexuality, even if I heard someone saying something that just wasn't, wasn't super appropriate or like, even like my dad, my dad is, you know, he's, he's a 50 year old or a 60 year old man. He grew up in the, you know, a time that was very different. He'll make some comments and he doesn't even know that he's making comments. It's not necessarily about sexuality about anything like racism anything and you make these comments he doesn't even think about it it's just yeah. like he says word i'm like dad that word's not actually socially acceptable anymore you can't say that and he'd be like what do you mean and i'd be like it's this this and this like that's not accept- acceptable and he's like they'll be like oh oh okay i didn't even know that people don't even realize they sometimes. don't realize a lot of the time and i think a lot of people make these comments because they think it's a thing to say in that group but if you ever confronted them and was like hey look i'm actually this is that's actually my sexuality they'd be like oh oh shit sorry i was just messing around like yeah. I think a lot of people do have it like that. There obviously are some very homophobic people out there, but I mean, in, at the end of the day, and I, we've learned this today in our well-being program, is you can't control anyone's reactions or actions or emotions or responses to anything. You yeah. can never predict, and you can never control anyone else's reactions at all, ever. Yeah, and but I we think can that's, control our own reactions. Yes. And I think that's something that's super important in coming out and in sharing this and like having these conversations with people is that you have no idea how they're going to respond to it, mm-hmm. but that's okay because it's you and your story. And if they don't respond the way that they're supposed to in your head, like you can't hold that against yourself because you can't predict what anyone else is going to say. They might have a negative reaction. And a lot of people do come out to their family and friends and there is a negative reaction. But at the end of the day, they're not the people that you want in your life that don't accept you for you anyway. And the life that you're going to have after coming out and after telling people and after being your true authentic self, is going to be way better than anything was before then. And if they're not involved in that, your life's still going to be better because they're not accepting you for you. You can't go and have a normal chat with them without putting these, you know, covers over half of your life. Like you can't just go have a conversation with a friend and all they want to talk about is if you've watered your plant this week and they don't want to talk about your relationship, that's not a friendship. You know, that's not a relationship that you have with someone. So even if people are going to have negative comments, you have to accept the fact that there probably is going to be some negative comments, but that's okay. And it's nothing to do with you. That's something that's their issue. And if they don't want to accept you, then that's fine. And I think if I heard any homophobic comments or anyone said it actively to me, I just, I don't know what I do in the moment because it's never happened to me, but I feel like I would just brush it off and be like, all right, mate, like, on your bike. Like, I don't care. Like do what I'm doing with my life is not affecting you at all. And if you think it is, then that's your problem because it has actually nothing to do with you. The person that you see on the street, you're going to see once you might never see them again. What's important is how you feel about yourself or how you view yourself, how you view your relationship. If you're happy, if you're secure, if you're living your best life, then nothing else should matter. No one else's opinion should matter. Who cares what Karen or Joe Blow down the street. Thinks. I love that you said Karen. 
<laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, we're all on this earth trying to do the best and have the best life. And if you let every single person's comments or reactions affect you, then you're going to live a very miserable life guided by a lot of other people's emotions and reactions. And that's just not a way to live. Like you can't be worried about what people think all the time. Obviously we all innately are worried about what people think of us, but like you have to try and reprogram your brain to be like, you know what? It's actually nothing to do with me. It's to do with them. And that's their issue. Something that they need to work through because I'm me and I'm myself. And if they don't accept it, then they can fuck off. Love that. Yeah. Love the way this this is how it's going to end. They can just fuck right (laughs) off. Exactly. And I know it's very hard. Like I know I'm saying this, you know, with a lot of ease, but it is very hard for people, especially if it's their parents, if it's their best friends, if it's like very close family or friends members that have these negative reactions, losing a big part of your life is very hard as well. Like if people do, you know, their parents don't want to have anything to do with them. That's very hard. And it's obviously a very different path than you ever thought you were going to take before. So like if, yeah, if my parents didn't react very well at all, it would be very hard. And I think it would take me a long time to even like, it probably would have ended like my relationship with Judy, to be honest, but I don't know if it would necessarily ended me from being bisexual, it just would have like stopped that for me. And I would have had to re-navigate that path because their opinion does really matter to me. And it would have taken me a long time to work through the fact that they weren't accepting of me. And that is very scary. And it happens to a lot of people, but living your truth is, I mean, we all say it, we all have to live our authentic life because we literally only hear once. And if we're going to live under the guide of everyone else, like what's the fucking point? It's like, yeah, true that. We live in a free country. We're not in Bar- in Bali right now, guys. Date yeah. who you want to date. <laughs> Bali right now put some real strict laws. With, yeah. um, they're being extremely homophobic. Exactly, yeah. Um, you can't have sex unless you're married. So tourism in Bali is going to be fucked gay. up. <laughs> yes, so, so no gays can go to Bali now. Well, it was a great episode because <laughs> yeah. we know, I mean, I knew everything about you. Yeah. But people, listeners don't. Yeah. So we delivered what they wanted mm. and it was great. Was there any other questions uh, that anyone wanted to go over? It's a long episode, but. I was gonna, I was gonna go into like the sex, but we did a lesbian sex episode yeah, we did, already, yeah. um, and I think we will for twenty twenty three have like a proper lesbian sex episode yeah. with some like pros. We can learn some skills, yeah. fingering techniques, oral techniques. Oh, we yep. do have an episode next year um, to do with anal. I know you're not into that stuff, but we have the butt plugs from yes. women sent to us. Yep. So there's like we'll be diving deep into those episodes a little bit later. So we just wanted to really cover about like. Susanna is a bit about her journey, her identity of being a nurse, her, you know, the big story about the marriage and the mm. divorce, and then obviously her big story about her sexuality because it's, yeah. it's a big part of your life. Yeah. And now you're engaged and there's all these exciting things happening. Yeah. And, you know, we're still going to be delivering um, these episodes every single week. So you better exactly. follow the journey. Exactly, of, yeah. Of Judy and Zana, this whole, you know, yeah. forever because the podcast will continue. I know. I never thought I'd I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I'd be engaged to someone else ever again. I didn't even know if I even necessarily wanted to get married again. I didn't know. Um, but I also, like I was saying before, didn't really want any of my past experiences to affect my future experiences. I didn't want being divorced and having a horrible situation stop me from getting married or being happy again. Um, and then when it got to the point that me and Judy, you know, wanted to get engaged um, I was obviously very excited, but then like literally straight after that, it was like this wave again. It was like, oh my God, I'm doing this. I'm getting engaged again. Like, is this bad? Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to get hurt again? It's like these waves kind of kept coming and going, yeah. which is very normal, um, I think, in this situation. But I definitely, like, and I don't, like, we played the game Curious Humans on one of the other episodes and we spoke about, you know, whether we think, you know, the concept of marriage is outdated. Yeah. And I do. I definitely think the concept of marriage in terms of religion is outdated 100%. I don't think 
that I believe any of, you know, what the Bible says or whatever about marriage and or how that's all supposed to work. But my idea of marriage is commitment to each other and I don't even I don't even care about the piece of paper. I don't even care. I'd love to call Judy my wife and I will, but like I don't care about the piece of paper. It's not about that. It's about making a commitment to each other and it not being this thing that you have to do or feel like you're pressured to do by society that you have to get married and you have to have kids. You can do anything on your own timeline. You don't have to do anything that anyone tells you to do. You can not have kids if you don't want to have kids. You don't have to get married if you don't want to get married. It doesn't change how much you love someone. A piece of paper literally doesn't change how much you love someone. And people expect it to. They expect the second you get married that everything's going to be roses and daisies and we're going to have babies and we're going to have this amazing relationship and my husband's going to be so good with the kids. It's it's not the reality. The reality is that a piece of paper changes fuck all and the love that you have for each other is a thing that's going to last a lifetime. So that's what you need to work on, not getting married or having kids. You could never get married and never have kids and you could still be so in love and have the most happy and amazing life. So true. Yeah. So, so true. Well, <laughs> if you guys have any questions for Zana, you can, you know, yes. slide into the DMs of Keepy Jeanette Podcast or Zana does have her actual Instagram handle um, on our Instagram as well. So you can just yes. slide into her personal DMs if you don't want me reading it. But I mean, <laughs> I'm going to read it anyway. She knows everything anyway. To be honest, guys, it's fine. I, I'm going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, stay tuned for next week. We're going to be doing an Ask Jess. So if anyone's listening to this mm. and wants to send through some questions, please send them through so we can ask Jess the yes. spicy saucy questions. Ask her about the butt plug. Yeah. We'll talk about the butt plug. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about my life. The I know it's big... been plugged. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about, well, probably a lot of bit about my herpes. A little bit. A little bit. Um, um, because they're the questions that have been sent in majority of the time. So yeah, happy to talk about that. I'm an yeah. open book. So yeah. and yeah. if we if yeah, if I have helped, you know, in any way or if I, you know, have been a support in any way, like it just gives me such joy to be able to be a person that can be a support for other people. It's the weirdest and strangest thing to now actually be living my authentic life and people come to me about the things that I used to you know, talk to other people about or like aspire from other people that people now aspire to me. I'm like, this is so weird. This is like come full circle. But if, yeah, anyone out there has questions, if anyone wants to discuss anything, I'm always here. I'm an open ear. I will be your friend. I'll be your confidant. I will be there for you. If you have any problems, any issues, um, just voice them to me because I love hearing about it. And we're all in this community together and all in, you know, we're all in life together. We've got to support each other so we can all be so happy and live our authentic lives. So then you can, if, if you can also give us five stars, that would be oh, yeah. really happy too. <laughs> if you're still here after an hour and 20 minutes or whatever yeah. like right now, you need to get your fucking ass up to the top of this Spotify or Apple or wherever you're on and click that five stars now. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we're not giving up on our dream with this podcast and it's going to fucking make it. So yeah, it's otherwise, just, it's really hard for a podcast to is, make it. it is, so yeah. please uh, share the love. Tell share your friends. Share the love. Share it, please, because we want to be in everyone's ears and we want to help yes. break stigmas and taboos, which is like sexuality and all those things. So, mm. yeah. We and love if you, you guys. Don't, then we'll throw a dildo at you. Yeah, we got a lot of dildos, so we'll okay. fucking throw them all at you and butt plugs and all. <laughs> all right, we love you. Sending love, 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 love to you always. always. Bye.